folks. Welcome to the Creative Language Learning Podcast with Kirsten Amers. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Creative Language Learning Podcast, which uh, still has a really long name. <laughs> but I think we're all getting used to it. And I am sat here on the UK bank holiday, uh, which if you're not English or Welsh, sadly, you have to work today. The rest of England and Wales isn't working today. So everybody's having a nice little time and hopefully I'll be able to publish this podcast for you quite soon so that you can enjoy the vacation-y feeling. And we're going on vacation next week, actually, to Wales, um, that famous second country in the United Kingdom, sorry, Scotland, where um, that is actually secretly bilingual. And this is very much underestimated. But in Wales, they speak Welsh. And I can't really say anything much in Welsh except uh, pop de ping, which means microwave, which is what I learned for my uh, big video of speaking 25 European languages that I made in 2012. And I can't... Um, wait to get to Wales to look at all the cool bilingual street signs and to learn a little bit more. Um, so that's my ambition when I get to Wales to learn a little bit more language. Before we're moving on to the uh, news article and the interview that I've got for you today, so this is a strong podcast, um, just want to share a little bit of feedback that the Creative Language Learning Podcast has heard, has heard, has had recently. Um, I'm really excited about this. Uh, because it's some of the first feedback. And these are reactions to um, our most recent podcast, which was episode number five with Andre Klein. And Colin Silcox is a Twitter follower, and he says it was one of the best so far. Andre is really supportive on Twitter anyway, so it's nice to put a voice to the name. And he says, I think it's also about the level that I'm at, getting the hang of some grammar, but trying to get a better feel of how things flow as well. So if you remember last time, we talked all about getting a feel for the language and learning a language through storytelling as opposed to lessons. That was some Twitter feedback. If you want to get involved in the conversation, say hello to me on Twitter. I'm on there all the time and I am at Fluent Language. Easy. And also, the Creative Language Learning Podcast is now available on Stitcher, Stitcher, which is an online uh, radio, really good podcast directory. So you can find us on there. And we've been given five out of five stars Woo! by Tom B. Um, he says it's a must subscribe for language learners. This is a very unique podcast about language learning, creativity and independence. No get fluent quick schemes, which is exactly I'm so glad he said that because we don't do that here um, or no other empty promises it's simply some solid advice that any language learners can incorporate into their own journey um, thank you so much Tombi and I, I really appreciate that you're talking about the language learning journey because I think that's that is exactly how I think about it and it's really important um, and that is a five out of five stars podcast review on Stitcher I'm so glad and you guys should really get involved do support the podcast if you're listening it's really really important uh to review because not because you're going to stroke my ego although you will you will oh yes <laughs> but more importantly because you're going to help other people discover the podcast and that's the only way we're going to keep going all right and now I want to talk to you about the news article of the week.
today's news article comes from the UK Guardian and it's called What makes a language attractive? It's sound, national identity or familiarity? And the premise of this article, the topic of this article is really, really interesting to, to me personally. And I'm pretty sure you're going to be familiar with this as well. And it's about how people perceive languages, uh, no matter if you're learning them or not. Uh, it's about how people say, je t'aime, ti amo, te quiero mucho. These are beautiful sounds in the language, sort of foreign sounds that we associate with passion, with beauty, with melody. Um, are actually not so much about the sounds that the language makes. Every every language has got its own sounds. Every language can sound beautiful. Um, but languages spoken by certain communities that you have certain ideas about, for example, um, a lot of people might think that the French is associated with sort of rich, beautiful, strong food. And we have the expression choix de vivre, um, you know, the, the love of life, so that excitement about life. So all of these positive ideas are associated with France and the French uh, way of life, and that we transfer those ideas to the language, and that's how you start thinking about French. So uh, a big community that is very positively seen is usually associated with a language that we think sounds nicer, but the language doesn't actually sound nicer. Um, they had an interview in this with a linguist from University of Essex uh, who says there is nothing in the sound of the language that makes it less or more attractive. Some sounds are more common across the world, but that doesn't link to the specific perceptions we have about French and Italian. The idea that a language is more melodic, romantic, poetic and musical that's derived from those communities and regions. And equally, I have many, many times been told that German sounds really harsh, harsh. Um, and when you look back at the German history, Germany, a country where there is a lot of rule following and we are associated generally, the Germans across the world with efficiency, punctuality, hardworking, you know, factories, production, manufacturing, uh, not really the same as, you know, a nice glass of wine in the sunshine, like you would think about uh, French. Um, and that kind of transfers as well to how, what people think about the German language. Um, I think this is really, really interesting. It's definitely an article worth reading. Uh, it's got this beautiful quote as well from uh, Charles IV, the Roman emperor, who says, I speak Spanish to God, Italian to women, French to men, and German to my horse. So <laughs> the question here is really, which language would you like to speak to whom? I mean, what I speak is English most of the time, and I don't really think about who I speak it to, <laughs> to speak to anybody. Uh, there is also a book that's mentioned in this, which I am absolutely going to order and read through. It's called Through the Language Glass, uh, While the, Why the World Looks Different in Other Languages. It's available on Amazon, so I'm going to put you a link in the uh, show notes as well. Um, personal story about this is really that... I remember when, when I was teaching German groups in here in Lancaster, I would have a nice group of sort of mostly English native speakers curious about learning German. And the first thing we did, the first exercises we did were um, related to pronunciation and the different letters and the different sounds, the sh and the and those different sounds that you get in German um, that English isn't really familiar with as much. 
And what I did is I pulled this comedy video from YouTube, which you may have seen. Um, and it has all these different nationalities saying words like uh, for butterfly, you say the English person comes in and says butterfly. And the French person comes in and says papillon. And they're all really lovely. And then you get this comedy Bavarian, super harsh German guy going schmetterling. <laughs> which is the German word for butterfly. And we practiced, I demonstrated and we practiced saying these words in the most melodic, gentle, uh, beautiful way. So you, you don't have to say schmetterling. You can say schmetterling. And... It really changes the perception, it changes the idea of the language. So I really agree with this article saying labeling certain languages as ugly or beautiful is a dangerous game. Um, many linguists are not keen to get involved in this at all. And I really agree. So the myth that a certain language sounds more beautiful than another is just that. It's just a myth. So that was the newspaper article of the week from The Guardian. Thank you very much. Now, in today's interview, um, I've got something really special for you, and that is a conversation with somebody I've known for a long, long time. Um, I dare say a good friend and a long-standing student. It's uh, Randy Glover. He's a lawyer from Texas, USA, and Randy and I are going to talk about two things, which are... Um, how he got to language learning and Randy's um, attitude, which I think really stands out for its positivity. And there's a lot that you can learn from this guy who basically just says, well, if I'm going to learn a language, I'm going to learn a language and this is what I'm going to do. And this is, you know, I'm not worrying about how to do it or whether I get stuck and how he gets over those moments of frustration and those moments of you know, feeling like it's never going to go anywhere because we all experience those. That's really normal. And secondly, Randy and I have both been working um, on the new version or with the new version of Rosetta Stone. So what we're also going to do for you is do a little bit of a review and talk about how the new Rosetta Stone, which is called Rosetta Stone Advanced, um, how it works, what it does for you, um, what can be you know used by language learners and whether it's whether we think it's a good investment for language learners uh, anywhere so thank you very much Rosetta Stone for giving us the little product to try out and it's been really interesting I've used it for French and Randy used it for German so we've been using different interface languages and different training languages um, and what you're going to hear is what we make of it and whether we think it's a product to recommend and with no further ado, let's roll the interview for you. Hey, Randy. Hello, Kirsten. Hey, how are you doing? I'm well. How are you today? Um, I'm all right, really. Yeah, no, I'm excited to be talking to you. Um, just for the benefit of our podcast audience, uh, Randy is one of my longest standing, you are actually my longest standing student. Um, Randy has been learning German with me for about two years now. Um so we, we do know each other well, and today we are having a conversation about language learning, um, as, as always, as we do. Um, and the most, the most interesting thing, I think, about Randy and benefit for everybody, really, to hear about what you've got to say is that you've tried so many different methods and you've, you know, you're a bit of a tech expert with them all. So I'm, I'm really interested. Uh um, but Randy, do you want to 
which languages do you learn? Where are you from? Do you want to tell us about yourself a little? Sure. Well, I, I'm from Houston, Texas. I'm, uh, I started language learning, I guess, a little bit later in life. I'm, I was 57, actually, when I started, and that's been uh, about four years ago. And um, I became interested in language learning uh, mainly because for the first time in my life, I got to take a trip to the United States and go to Europe and actually to Germany. And so I started learning, uh, tried to learn some German, actually using uh, Rosetta Stone. And uh, was, I guess, the main source or tool that I tried to start with. And uh, I really enjoyed it. And so I've stuck with it since then. I've been uh, fortunate enough to do uh, some additional travel. I've traveled to mm-hmm. uh, uh, to Italy, and I learned some Italian. I traveled to France, learned some French. You know, I mean, it. It. it I've found that it really enhances my trip and mm-hmm. the enjoyment to learn to learn a little bit of the language. Um, uh, you know, whenever I go. But the one that I guess that has stuck with me uh, has been. Um, you know, German. I've I've stuck with that one now for about four years, and um, by profession, I'm a lawyer, so you know, fairly busy. Uh, and I've found, you know, I guess, don't know how far you want me to go with this. I've over the years, as I've if I've worked, you know, try to uh, study German or French or Italian. Uh, I have tried probably just about every software package that you could try. You know, yeah. I've, I've, you know a lot more about them than I do, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> quite often I'll get an email from you saying, hey, Kirsten, look at this amazing podcast that I found, or look at this guy's approach. Uh, you should try this. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, it's just, it's a fast-moving um, industry, and there's always something new on offer. And I really like your sort of positive approach. Um of kind of, you know, just looking at everything that's out there and picking out the bits that work for you. And what did it feel like to start with a new language at 57? Did it feel intimidating? Like, you know, I'm too old, this is gonna, this is never gonna work, or exciting as a new thing, or, you know, what, how did you approach it? Well, I, I guess I, you know, um, my approach was this. We one of the reasons we were going to Germany was to, uh, uh, you know, every uh, what is it? Every ten years, and I'm having a memory glitch here. Um, you know, there's the 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 little village in Oberammergau. You know, has the eight hour play that is, and I, the name is just escaping me for the moment. And so a again, play. I'm, the passion play, the passion yeah. spieler. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so we wanted to hear that. And so I thought, well, I'm going to be sitting there watching this eight hours pl- of a play and it's going to be in German. I know I'll have a book that lets me, uh, trans, you know, that, that translates it into English and so forth. And I can maybe follow along with that, but wouldn't it be cool if I could actually understand a little bit of it? And, you know, by the way, maybe I could actually, um, understand a little bit of what I was going, what was going on around me in Germany. I could read signs a little bit, maybe speak a little bit to people and that would be fun. And I would just, plus the other thing is I think about learning a language is you don't just learn the language. You learn more about the culture, uh, you know, the place that you're going. Cause I think the language and the culture are very intertwined and it's 
hard to get one without getting some of the, you know, the other. Mm. I thought I usually can learn stuff. I've, and, and age didn't really factor in at all to me. Mm. I mean, I, I think more of a factor to me was I, I never learned a language. In fact, I kind of avoided it as much as I could when I was younger because I thought, oh, that just sounds dreadful. Sounds like too much work. <laughs> oh, wow. You know? Yeah, I did. I mean, well, and I, and I came from a uh, a background where I guess, you know, it's, I guess maybe unfortunately there may be others that have the same kind of view as, well, I know English. Why do I need to know any other language? Listening to you, one of the things I find really interesting is that you seem to have had nothing standing in your way. You just went ahead and did it. Is that right? It, I, I think that it's, it's a little harder maybe than I thought it was going to be, but it's, uh, I think I realized over time this is a process and not an event, and it's going to take some time and work. Uh, and so I started off, you know, with with Rosetta Stone, and I I actually bought the the first, you know, they had the um, you know five levels in in the original version of it, and I bought the first one, and I thought, well, I'll do that and see how that goes. And if I like it, I might do some more. And I bought one, and I thought, ah. Huh. That wasn't hard at all. I, and then I looked, and price-wise, you got it, it was much less expensive just to go ahead and buy all five levels together. Mm-hmm. And so it's, instead of trying, you know, to buy them as I went, I just said, "Well, I'll just go ahead and take the plunge and spend a few hundred dollars and and get uh, all five levels." So I did that. I uh, finished all five levels actually in about six months. I set a schedule for myself and said, "I'm going to do." this much per day, you know, and if I don't get it done in a day, then I'll make it up in another day. But, and I pretty much stuck to that schedule mm-hmm. and was that's able to complete important. all five levels. Yeah. I think that's yeah, very that, important. And did you, did you find it was an enjoyable process using the software? So this is the, um, just again, for the benefit, it's, this is the classic Rosetta Stone system, which is you went and bought some CD-ROMs. Right. Uh, I did. I ordered them off Amazon.com, and yeah. you know, and there I went. And I, I and they also had the audio portion to go in your car, and so I listened to it in the car. Is it a supportive or a scary environment? I guess I would say you know supportive might be a better term. I don't think it was scary at all. It, mm-hmm. it, it can maybe in some cases confusing uh, might be a better word. I mean, because one of the problems would be. You know, I, you'd see a picture, and then you'd see depicting either somebody doing something or or whatever, and you know you'd pick the you either pick a choice or you'd speak a choice or whatever back, and if you got it right, you get a nice little sound. And if you don't, you get an X. You know, and it's and so you're, uh, you're there. There go your chances on whether you're going to complete this uh, exercise or not without having to go back through again. So I found myself having to refer to outside sources like dictionaries and things to try to look up word. what does this word mean? Because I can't tell from that picture what this person's supposed to be doing. So even if I thought I knew the right word, the picture didn't always give me an, a, a sufficient information to know what I'm trying to, mm-hmm. to, to, to choose, you know? And so, but that was probably the minority of the time. I mean, I think most of the time, um, it was very good. I mean, as far as learning vocabulary, you know, you, you get a, a picture, you get words, you get to 
put it all together in different ways and it's you come back and you reinforce it. And so for just memorizing vocabulary, uh, I thought the classic version was excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I And I thought the other thing that it did, and, and it, this was kind of borne out by your, what you told me about my, uh, you know, my pronunciation as far as German goes, is that it, it was very good at helping me uh, learn how to pronounce German words. And I, I uh, intentionally used the word pronounce because I don't want to say I will also intentionally say it was not very good at helping me speak German because, you know, I found that I went through all this work and I could read quite a bit. I could hear quite a bit, but I couldn't, you know, somebody came up to me and, uh, you know, hey, Randy, be gay, it's what's it's lost. You know, I'm like, uh, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just didn't know what to say back. So did you find that this, I think that's very, very interesting. And then I'm sort of comparing that with my experiences from the Rosetta Stone um, Advanced, they're calling it, or the Total E, which is the online course that you can do mm-hmm. um, now. Mm-hmm. This is a new development. And mm-hmm. we, we've both tried it. It's really interesting. And for right. me, when I came at it from the French perspective, I was quite impressed because it did ask me questions and um, ask me to reply in a full sentence. Right. And yes. That that is something that's really that's really quite cool. Um it I mean obviously it's still a computer so it's going to exactly. not pick out every single error that you make but you know the, the mm. direction is right and you are having some level of conversation which I think is so important when you're learning a language. Oh yes, I was you know the 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 new Rosetta Stone I've spent about 35 hours on. So I've actually done a fair amount of work with this one already. I don't think that I have it, have all the ins and outs of it down yet, but you know, it's quite different because when you start out with this one, uh, you know, in the first, the first thing you have to do is, is say, well, what level speaker am I or what, what level is my German at? Yes. Yeah. And, and so it has a test for you as an option. You were you very just, frustrated by the test, weren't you? <laughs> yeah. yeah you, well, you can, there's two options. You can either just say, okay, I'm a one. I am an absolute beginner. Yeah. Or it has a test and you listen to things and you speak back and you make choices. And it, it was, I think it was 62 questions. So I went on through the test and I finished it. And I think it gave me like a B one or something proficient, you know, so that's, that's where it selected me to start in Rosetta Stone, which I think it's been fairly close. Some of the stuff that it's having me do is probably easier than it needs to be. I mean, I think I could probably go to the next level without much mm-hmm. trouble, but it was fairly Mind close. You, you're a guy who likes a challenge. <laughs> yeah. That, that's got to well, be that's the way you learn. Yeah. No, no, that, is, that is true. That is true. Um, being, you know, my teacher voice is going, it's very good if you repeat stuff, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely. Well, it is. And I mean, for French, I found this also, I found the, I mean, having never looked at Rosetta Stone before, I mean, I've looked at things like Duolingo. Duolingo has this very friendly interface, you know, which is very, right. um, I think they've done a lot of 
work on user interface testing. And Duolingo mm-hmm. is gamified, whereas Rosetta Stone is not gamified. It's not right. a game. Right. Like this is for no. serious language learners. Um, and I found that That's very right. interesting that when I first, um, when I first tried it, um, I found the 60, because for the French, it's equally 60 odd questions that you, you know, work through. Um, they check your grammar, they check your vocabulary. And I mm-hmm. thought, whoa, this is, you know, for someone like me who has a, you know, a high level B2C1 level of French, it's, right. it's manageable. There isn't really that much missing, but I thought, God, if you've only been doing French for like two months, you must be intimidated like like crazy. So this is a, you know, this is for people who are serious about language learning. I thought that was very interesting. I've not come across it before. Yeah, I agree. And it's got other tests. I haven't done the other tests yet because before I try my next test to see how I'm doing, I want to be sure I'm really focused and ready to do it. You know, I don't I don't want to mess that one up. But it, you know, so it's got tests. Um, and, you know, so then, then you establish your, your level and then you start off through exercises and, you know, you, you can choose, I mean, you've got, uh, you can work on reading and writing, speaking and listening, vocabulary or grammar or all skills. Mm-hmm. And depending, depending on which of those skills you choose to work on, you'll get different exercises to do. And, and I'm like you, I like the conversation part where it actually, you know, you would listen to. Uh, see a little video clip and listen to uh, somebody say something to you or something and you respond and depending on how you respond it gives you a different choice back and you kind of work through a conversation that way. The voice recognition in in the new Rosetta Stone seems very very good. It, it, it is. You have a good system <clears throat> down there. What, what, what I notice as well is when you first log in and it, it's assessed you this system is huge it's enormous there is so much to learn oh. today. it's really like you say you've spent 35 hours on it and you it still you know I, feels like you've barely scratched the surface that's right i mean it's it's got a lot of different tools for learning in addition mm-hmm. to the speech speak rec- recognition it's got it's got a lot of word games but there's one other thing it's got you know i mentioned that in the classic rosetta stone you have to go to an outside dictionary to see the meaning of a word they're built-in dictionary here on, so that you can right-click on a word and you can see its definition in, in English or whatever your t- native language is. Um, you can also hear the word spoken. You can do drills on where you, you know, if you're having trouble with a word, it'll let you, it has tools where you can uh, click on that word and then go to a thing and you'll, you'll you know, classic Rosetta Stone has this as well, but it just, it's a little less, uh, it's not quite as advanced. I think for a serious uh, language student, that this it offers a, a really vast array of tools that that, that this you know a serious language learner could use. And, and I think there can be some fun uh, if you like doing those computer games and doing you know doing the things where you're trying to match uh, you know the you're trying to find synonyms or anonyms or or you're trying to it, it'll show you the uh, unconjugated form of a verb in parentheses and a sentence, and then it says, "Okay, convert this to whatever, or change this to the passive, change this active to the passive voice, or whatever." Mm. And I think this is something that, because I mean, my my attitude to immersion learning as a whole, you know, not just in you know a specific software like Rosetta Stone, but my general attitude to immersion learning is that. 
I think it really has its place and it really, really helps um, so many learners because it gives you that feel for the language. It's the best mm -hmm. way to accumulate, I think, new vocabulary. I think it's mm -hmm. much better. You know, you don't look up a list, you learn and then you realize what you don't know and then it, it sticks more. Um, I think immersion is, is perfect for vocabulary learning. It's it's great for pronunciation, listening. It's massively important. But I could not imagine a language learner doing entirely without grammar and understanding, you know, structure of a language. That doesn't mean that you couldn't move to a country and then, you know, like the legend goes, accumulate, you know, learn a language by immersion as in osmosis. Right. But because I think you just have it around you that much, um, you, you eventually develop an eye for patterns. And what grammar is, is basically describes the, the patterns that you need to start seeing. So right. I was really impressed with Rosetta Stone and with, you know, I'm impressed with any system that does this. Um, Duolingo, for example, doesn't, um, is that it actually has grammar rules in it. You know, right. let, let's come out of this, let's come out of this crazy insistence on immersion and instead explain to somebody in what it, in what needs to happen here, which is sometimes in English. So what? You have to explain, you know, what they're supposed to be doing and then go back in and do it right. And Learn think, the code. Yeah, that really, really, to me, that really, really helps. Yep. Um, I like, I don't know, I like knowing what the rule is before I go in and just, you know, have a go. Exactly. And, and, you know, I think, and I will say this, I don't think that this new Rosetta Stone um, is as good for learning vocabulary. Um, Interesting. Mm -hmm. I, it doesn't have, because one of the things that will pop up, you'll see in a module, for instance, you'll just see a list. You know, if you have any kind of, kind of makes you cringe if you think about vocabulary lists and studying them and trying to learn them. Yeah, you get that. Now you do get, it's not entirely just the list, but I think the thing that's missing in this that, that Rose, the classic has that I don't think there's a way to integrate it, by the way. I don't, I don't think that really fits in the new Rosetta Stone, but th that classic Rosetta Stone where I've got a picture, you know, if I have a picture of a dog and hund underneath it, well, I've got a picture in my brain that I can remember that, that went with that word. Yeah. You don't you don't have that in in this new Rosetta Stone, so I don't. Mm. I, I think there could be a place for for both of these. I mean, I think if you're really serious about language learning, I, I think you're going to have to be more serious to do uh, the new Rosetta Stone. I think um, I think it's it's definitely that that would be one of my main verdicts about this program is it's serious stuff, and that means this is useful stuff too. But, it is. You know, it's it's really useful stuff. And doing Rosetta Stone is different. Or would you say, I mean, I would say it's very different to doing something like Duolingo. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, and I've tried, uh, as you said, I mean, I, I've tried um, Fluence. I've tried, um, you know, German Pod 101. I've tried Rocket German. I've tried uh, Michelle Thomas. I've tried Pimsleur. I tried Duolingo a little bit. Some of the newer apps and things. Some of the uh, I've, I've tried those. Some not as much. Tried Memorize. Um, I've read books. I mean, you know, I've done a lot of different ways. And I would say, out of all that, 
I think if I were going to start today learning another language, one of the places, one of the tools I would want is Rosetta Stone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would say uh, it's important to recognize that any of these are just tools and none of them, you know, I think the claim that this will, that Rosetta Stone or Fluence or any software program, any self-study program is going to make you fluent. You know, maybe some people can do that. Um, I certainly could not because I found after a couple of years of doing it on my own that, um, you know, I needed something else. I, I needed a chance, uh, to actually speak it and have somebody explain things to me, which is where you came in. I mean, I found you, uh, on an internet search because I said, I've just got to find something else. This isn't doing it. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that's still the case. I think, you know, I think it's, um, you're probably fooling yourself a little bit. If you think self-study alone is going to get you there. I think it's a great tool. I mean, self-study is critical, mm, but definitely. I mean, I always y- say you, bet- you can't really, <clears throat> you can't really teach somebody a language. They have to learn it themselves. That's mm-hmm, so important. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, you've got to learn, you know, they're, they're, I, I can't actually teach you German. I can explain to you how German works and I can talk to you in German and I can make you do it uh, as well right. as I, as well, well, I try anyway. <laughs> right, right, right. But, you know, it, it, ultimately it's you who's doing it and it's it's by doing that you remember it. But this is really, this comes to a really interesting uh, point, which is um, self-study um, being you know, did you feel like it can only take you that far? Or <laughs> the thing, the thing that I feel about language learning in particular is that self-study is by definition something that you do on your own, and languages are by definition something that you need some other people for in order to make it, in order for it to really, you know, work and come alive and you know, be, there is a lot that you can do without speaking to people, but a lot of the joy comes from, you know, talking to people and hearing people talk. So that's right. it's really a case of, you know, how, how different is it having a person to study with compared to having a system or, a, you know, an electronic system? Well, I think the, the electronic system is really, um, or a textbook or, or, you know, any kind of self-study book, whether it's software or whatever, any self-study system is going to help you get some of the core knowledge you need. But I think without a chance to practice it and, you know, speak to others about it and particularly to have someone who's your coach or tutor who can say, you know, explain some things to you because you can read and read about it, but it's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, you can't imagine, um, you know, a, a football player, um, you could watch all the movies about, about it you wanted. You could read about it all you wanted. You could know everything there is to know about football. And then if you got, you know, but you probably couldn't um, score a goal if your life depended on it. You know, if you just had to go out there and start running around and, and kicking the ball, then, uh, uh, you know, you you wouldn't know what to do. Your mind might know what to do, but your body wouldn't. And I think the same thing happens on languages is you can learn a lot about them and have all the knowledge about them. But I think until you're speaking it and, and, you know, with someone else, it's, it's, 
you haven't put it into action. And, and that's, mm-hmm. that's the thing, even speaking with a computer, you know, you, you may speak with a computer and get, a, get some positive feedback and keep a conversation going. That's helpful. But I don't think that's going to ever replace uh, actually putting it into practice. Mm-hmm. You know, with somebody in a live situation, it's just, it's just different. I mean, it's, it's better and even, as well, isn't it? Because you can laugh with them and you can, you know, you can, if you say something funny, they're actually going to react, you know, and, and they're going to be, yeah. you know, it's, 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 it's life. It's not computer. No. You can't get that. But I honestly feel that, I mean, having looked at Rosetta Stone, what I would say um, and I mean, I don't know whether you, I don't know whether you'd feel the same. It's normally what I say to people who are self-studying quite often. I would, I will say to them, look, I think you should get yourself a teacher because I think you need just for a bit. I think you need somebody to explain stuff to you because you need to come out of this. Why does it do this feeling? Unless, right. unless right. you really put in a lot of work to look it up yourself. But there is a certain point where you're just reinventing the wheel. So just get somebody to help you out. But with a system like this, because it is so enormous and so rich and so it does explain stuff to you, I did feel like, you know, if, if that person just did a language exchange or just some live talking around it, they, you might you might actually get away with not needing a tutor as long as you have practice outside of Rosetta Stone. Yeah, I mean, you, you might not need a tutor. You might be able to go out and, as you say, if it's a, an exchange or, you know, I know there are some... I haven't been brave enough to try this, but you know there, there there are things out there where you can sign up and talk to people on have Skype conversations, and they they want to learn your language and you want to learn theirs, and so you can just practice talking to each other. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, th- th- you live that's in, you there. live in Houston, so I mean, yes. I know I'm always on your case about this, but I'm like, There's, <laughs> there are Germans in Houston. Go find the Germans. Um, I know, just, you know, anywhere that you live, if there's more than, say, a thousand people living there, probably one or two of them will know German. So, you know, oh. go out and find some people. Um, but it doesn't necessarily fit into your life that easily, which is where, you know, which is why you're with me, who's an online tutor. That's right. I, you know, I can do this from I'm currently I'm sitting in my office. It's my lunch break. You know, I can take this time and and which is when we, when we usually have a lesson and, and uh, this time fits and. You know, at, at night when I go home, I don't have to leave my family and go to a class or go to a meeting somewhere without my family. I can, if I want to study on my own, I can do that at home. You know, just since we're just speaking about Rosetta Stone, I guess th- this one, I'm really excited about um, the depth of this program. And I want to, I'm interested to see where it will take me as I work through. Uh, the coming levels and and as it gets more difficult and see if it really does help. But, you know, yeah, I'll be able to, I'll be able to see if I have to explain grammar more or less. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But, but, but I think, I think the answer is I'm going to get gradually just a little better at it as I continue to work. And, you know, my my first trip over, um, you know, I I asked, one of the things that really bothered me about trying to understand German is why these why these verbs would always break apart or uh-huh. constantly they, they seem to be pieces mm-hmm. of them like why is this piece of the verb at the end this other parts here and the other I don't understand this why do you do that and, and there was no explanation in the 
course in the Rosetta Stone program. You're just supposed to somehow figure out that, you know, if it's uh, a separable verb and it's conjugated, then it breaks apart. Okay, wow. It would have been nice if you just told me that from the start. Mm. And in fact, on my trip, that's where I feel immersion breaks down. It, yeah, and I, and I asked our our tour guide on this trip, first trip to Germany. I said, "Why does this happen?" And she said, she just looked at me, and kind of, oh, I don't know. It just does." Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> it's the downside of grammar. It just okay. It just is. She, but she didn't. She didn't even know that. She didn't really understand. I mean, was, she couldn't explain to me even the simple kind of to know when it ought to happen. Um, mm. Well, when I first started teaching German. Um, and this is when I, when I realized I've got to get serious about this teaching thing and I've got to, you know, I got myself my grammar book, the Deutsche Grammatik, which I love, um, because I went through a unit with somebody and it explained about the, you know, my book written for English speakers talked about the separable verb, explained it all. And I, and I had this moment of going, is that what German does? That's insane. (laughs) Why do we, and literally just went, do we do that? And I realized, yeah, no, we, we do do that in German. And it's, that is the thing. Grammar just is sometimes, but I feel that I am, you know, as a teacher and generally I I speak about any learning environment that doesn't have the capability of saying to you, this is a rule. Here's how the rule works. And this is just, you know, it's just the thing that they do. Um, but if you want to know how to do it, here's, you know, here's, here's, here's how it works. I think that's massively, massively important because if I would feel very same as with me trying to learn Russian. Sometimes I'm just like, why does that word end in om when otherwise it ends in ya or something like that? You know, it's just like, <laughs> I mean, I have enough of a grasp of, you know, sentence structures that I can go, okay, it's probably, it's probably doing a different job, but it would just, it would just completely knock the floor out from under me if I was doing it for the first time. Um, and that's, you know, so that's why, you know, the end of the end of the grammar discourses, really. But I, I think it's extremely important to know why a thing is doing this. Right, right. So um, moving on, there's something else I wanted to ask you about and talk to you about. And I think this is so this is going to be so interesting for so many people hearing this, because one thing that stands out about you as a language learner, I think, is that you have an enormous amount of optimism and positivity um, about your learning journey and having worked with you for a, you know a good while is I know that this isn't always the case and I know that sometimes you feel stuck and like you're not making progress but you have this tenacity of just not giving up so could you you know talk about that a little bit perhaps give some tips or ideas for people who do feel like just giving up or feel like they're just not cut out for this yeah okay well, you know, I guess um, I, I sort of feel like uh, you know, if you really set your mind to it, you can you can learn whatever you want to. Uh, it may take longer than you think in some cases, um, and but but my general attitude is is there's you know if, if I'll just put the effort and time into something, there's nothing I I can't learn, and so that's sort of the way I approach uh, language learning, and you know. I think um, I, a couple of years ago, just before we started together, I'd felt a little bit like, well, am I really going to be able to do this? Because I feel like I'm sort of stuck and and I just can't seem to 
get to the next level. You know, I, I can't really, how am I ever going to get past this hurdle? And the answer turned out to be, I think, is that I just hadn't really considered all the options that I needed to consider. And I had to make some choices about, was I going to invest the time and resources, you know, to, to hire somebody to help me, you know, because the self-study thing just wasn't going to get me where I wanted to go. Turned out that was the right answer. And, and I see now more, you know, that, that um, as far as language learning goes, you know, you hear all these, these catchphrases, you know, progress is invisible until it isn't, you know, and, and which is really true because, you know, I can, I can look now at, at things and uh, one of the keys to me to help me realize that, hey, I'm actually making progress is, is I, you know, I read stuff. I probably spend 10 or 15 minutes a day just trying to read things. And maybe, I mean, I have a lot of German Facebook pages I've liked and I'll look at articles and I'll look at things. And, and whereas early on, um, you know, even after going through five le- levels of Rosetta Stone, I'd try to read something out of a magazine or a newspaper or, or wherever. And I might know a few words and I'd kind of get the general kind of the a hint at what we were saying, but I would really have to translate practically the whole thing to, to understand it. Mm-hmm. And now I find more and more, I look at, you know, a few paragraphs or whatever, or I listen to somebody saying something. Um, you know, in fact, I've had times in, in our lessons where you'll start talking and you'll speak to me in German. I'm like, Oh wait, I had to think about, I didn't realize you were speaking to me in German because I understood everything you said and I wasn't really thinking about it. And I read stuff and I can read a paragraph and I may need, may need to look up one word, but I can read the whole thing. And it just, uh, I see that happening more and more Mm -hmm. as I continue, but it's just not obvious to me that it's happening while I'm studying it. It just, it's, I can often tell that you're frustrated because you, you, maybe you make a mistake that we talked about before, or you, you know, you, you start a sentence with, the verb in the wrong place, which in German is, is like a rite of passage that you have to do that a thousand million right. times. Um, mm-hmm. and I'll go, Oh no, this is, uh, do this, you know, <laughs> right, right. And I can tell that there is frustration, but at the same time, you come back every week, every week with this attitude of, yeah, let's, you know, let's attack it. Let's rock this German. And this is, I love that. Right. I think that's fantastic. Part of it with, with me is I have a real, uh, desire to do it. I mean, I'm very interested. I'm passionate about it. And so, um, if you're just sort of interested and you're not really sure you want to do it, then I don't think you're going to get that far with it. I mean, I, frankly, I think you better make a decision going into language study that, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's okay. If maybe going into it, you don't really know if you're going to like it. Once you make a decision, then just don't give up because if you, if you're interested, if you will spend some time with it every day or as, as many days as you can. And, uh, then I think you can learn, you can learn language. And I don't think even, being even older, someone like you with, you know, a very busy job and a family life that also takes priority in your life, because I think that's where, you know, sort of many people come um, kind of apart from the um, the very prominent attitudes that we see in these kind of 25 languages and you become fluent in three every year. And it's just, to me, it was, it's like, oh, I could not do that. 
I just, I, but it's part of partly because I wouldn't want to. I have other things in my life that also matter, and I think it's important to, you know, to 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 concede that to people that you know, it's languages are enriching, but they are part of your life. They they don't have to become your whole life. Oh no, not at all. I mean, it just it's it's a it's a great hobby. It's a way to you know to. I mean, I enjoy it not just for travel, but I enjoy it just also really because um, I, I think I've grown as a person uh, through learning something, you know, learning another language. I mean, it just, it's just uh, it's, it's pretty amazing, really. Um, you know, but I think, I think anybody could do it mm-hmm. if they would just get past the fear um, that they're not going to be able to. Yeah, um, I I want to hear more about this um, the the ways that you've grown as you know as a person the ways that your life has become richer. Well, I think I just I feel more connected to the world, frankly. I mean, to the kind of the world culture. I mean, it makes you feel, I feel a connection uh, with another culture that I didn't have before. Um, that may sound a little strange. I mean, the culture probably doesn't feel connected to me, but you know, it, it it's just. I, I do have. There are people in Houston who speak German, and you know, I do occasionally get a chance to do to try that out. and And I think just seeing how people um, react to you when you can, you know, try to speak their language. It's uh, um, and just the fact that I know I can do something. I mean, it, it's it's uh, you know, it's kind of like this superpower you get. Wow, I can speak in another language. Well, that's <laughs> not that's that's something not everybody can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? I don't know that it's, I mean, I'm not saying it's a huge big game changer for you in your life, but it's just a, it's a cool thing. I mean, it's, it's like learning the piano, learning to play guitar, learning to do something else. I mean, it's, it's just another skill that you have that, you know, it makes you exercise your mind. Um, I mean, there are studies that, and and there are studies that show that, that learning a second language can uh, help prevent onset of dementia or, or Alzheimer's. And I'm not sure that's, how much that's going to help, but people who learn other languages, you know, it's it's opening other pathways in your brain. I mean, it, it's uh, absolutely. I think you it, are it sort can of help ex- with stroke recovery too. That's yeah. been that, like, yeah. similarly. I mean, studies always just can suggest a connection. They can't really tell you exactly this is what happens. But statistically no. speaking, um, yes, it has medical benefits. You can say it like that, and that's awesome, isn't it? It, it is, um, but. To me, it's just fun. I mean, it's, uh, you know, if I'm kind of a, which is strange to, for me to say that considering the way I used to view language learning, uh, to find out that, oh, um, I, I actually can do this. Why was I afraid of this? You know, it, it's, uh, and, and why did I think I wouldn't enjoy Well, But, you know, I just didn't know. I, I'd never been exposed to it. I, I don't think there's any reason not to learn based on your age, uh, whatever that age is. Absolutely. You know, I, I don't think it's ever too late to start. I think that, you know, notwithstanding the studies that say, well, you know, kids, it's just easier for kids to learn language. They can learn it easier than adults. Well, yeah, it's because there, there may be a lot of things behind that, but there are a lot of advantages adults have. I mean, you know, you, you could hardly explain the, the German cases to a baby and, or to an infant and have them understand <laughs> it. Yes, and my, um, I mean, I w- I've, I've witnessed my uh, now four-year-old nephew learning German, and he gets cases wrong. You've got to correct him. 
You know, it's not yep. intuitive in a in a child. They just get corrected that much more. Yeah, and, and they, I mean, they, you know, they're not as busy as an adult. That's right. So, you know, I don't know. I guess uh, under the theory that I'm not dead yet, I'd like to keep learning. I, I want to keep improving myself. <laughs> Best line you know. ever. <laughs> under the theory. Yeah. But no, you 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 are right. That's oh, that's amazing. <laughs> that's so good. Right. Randy's top three tips for language learning. Go. Oh, wow. That, that's uh, on the spot. Um, well, top three tips for language learning. Be consistent. Um, you know, do a little bit every day. Uh, don't try to do it in large blocks. Don't, you know, three hours on Saturday is not the way to do it. I'd, I'd spread that out over the week. Um, find something that works for you and stick with it. You know, yes. explore a little bit. I mean, in, in terms of what's, what's, what's the self study? Um, you know, is it, do I need to hire a coach? Do I need to hire a tutor? Do I need to go to a class? My link, you know, am I visually oriented? Do I need to see pictures? Do I need to, am I, you know, that audio? Do I need to hear things in the car? You know, but I, I think finding a, a way for that works for you and then sticking with it is, is good. Um, and I guess don't be afraid. You, know, mm -hmm. you can do it. Hey, that's uh, definitely. So just to recap, we have be consistent and be measured in your approach. Don't do it all at once and then, you know, leave it alone after three weeks, months, years, whatever it may be. Right. Think right. of it as a lifelong commitment is what, I would like to see it as, I think. Yeah, um, no, that's good. That's a good way to look. Yeah. Secondly, find the right method for you. And number three, don't be afraid. Yep. Don't be afraid that's to talk to people. Don't be afraid to, you know, make mistakes. Make mistakes. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. That's absolutely right. Absolutely. One other bonus tip, if, you know, for me, if you're somebody that drives in a car a lot, I, I've found listening to things in the car is that is a great, great uh, place to to learn. I I've worn out my Michelle Thomas uh, recordings. I've gone through all the Pimsleur recordings in the car. What a great place! I mean, sure you can listen to music other times, but when I'm alone, I'm generally generally listening to something. That's done a lot for me, no mm -hmm. doubt. Definitely. So anyway. Definitely. After well, you finish listening to the Creative Language Learning Podcast, go listen to something exactly. else. And then until I release the next one, then listen to us again. <laughs> oh, I've listened I've listened to the Creative Learning Podcast in my car. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I've, gone, <laughs> I've I've been stuck in traffic in Houston. That's amazing. There you go. Yeah, and that's that's what the internet's doing for us. Right. Well, I think we've I think we've come to the end. Is there anything left that you want to, you know? say about language learning or last comments about Rosetta Stone or do you want to um, uh, pimp your legal practice in case people need a good lawyer? <laughs> uh, well, I, th I think we'll just, you know, we'll stick with Rosetta Stone for just a second. I, you know, one other thing I noticed in addition to the exercises, it has things on the culture, videos you can watch. Uh, it's got tests so you can see how you're doing. You can see your statistics. I, I think it's, I'm pretty excited about the new Rosetta Stone, and and I think if uh, if uh, you know, in conclusion about since that's really what we were starting to talk about, mm. uh, I think that if you're a serious language 
learner, be watching for Rosetta Stone and uh, you know consider giving it a try. I don't know what their subscription options are going to be. It's definitely worth the time to check out, I believe. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Right. Well, thank you very much, Randy, and I shall Absolutely. see you. All right. Thanks. See you soon. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed listening to that interview with Randy, who told us a lot about um, Rosetta Stone, the old Rosetta Stone versus the new Rosetta Stone. I thought it was quite interesting. Um, And I think, like we said, you don't have to use this if you're learning a language, but if you're new to it or if you want to pick up a new language, this could be one way of getting really deep into it. It is serious stuff. The thing that I found most surprising about Rosetta is how different it is to something like Duolingo or Memrise. There's no cutesiness. This is this is serious stuff. This is for real. Um which I kind of I don't know. i I appreciated that. I thought that was that was kinda of cool. You know, it's like you really you know, you really straight away from the start it, it wants you to it wants to be taken seriously. It's a contender. So this is a really cool system. Now if you want to um get a discount and have a trial and try out Rosetta Stone, uh, what I'm going to do is in the show notes, I'm going to give you um, the special Fluent affiliate link, which if you click on that, you're supporting the Fluent show, the Creative Language Learning Podcast, and you know me being able to pay my rent. But more importantly, what you're also doing is you are getting yourself a bit of a discount. And I'm going to try and find um, a link for the US listeners as well as the UK listeners. So there's something in there for you guys. If you've got any extra questions, Katarina from Rosetta Stone is my European contact and I'll be able to forward anything to her. If you want me to bring her onto the podcast and talk a little bit more about what language learning has been like for her, that might be really fun. So just let me know if you want to hear more from Rosetta Stone in particular, um, you know, why and how they do what they do and where the company kind of started out and what's it like to work there. Just give me a shout and I'm going to bring her on the podcast and question it all out of her for you. And that's it for the Creative Language Learning Podcast. We've just finished episode six. Woo! Thank you so much, guys, for listening. And I can't wait to hear from you. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Creative Language Learning Podcast, guys. Don't forget to subscribe and rate this podcast in iTunes, particularly if you enjoyed it. And don't forget that you can also let me know what you're thinking. You can email Kirsten, that's K-E-R-S-T-I-N, at fluentlanguage.co.uk. Or you can follow me on Twitter, and it's simply Fluent Language on there. I'm really looking forward to hearing from you, and I'll see you next time. Goodbye.